Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee only roasts top-quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. Welcome into another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. This is not just any edition of the Stripe Show podcast. I mean, I don't know if I'm more hyped about yesterday's finish at the Century in Maui at the Tournament of Champions or more hyped about the College Football National Championship game tonight or more hyped about the fact that, number one, Tom Hoagie is a good dude because he's taking time out of his crazy ass schedule to come on and be a uh, guest on the podcast. So, I mean, we're just going to have a good time today, man. This is awesome. Tom, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Well, it's definitely more, uh, more hype for the football game right now. Let's go. Uh, I can't hardly even remember there's a golf tournament that's played yesterday. So, uh, it's gonna be fun. So, all right. So hold on. So real quick, I'm going to jump around here. It's I mean, it is, it's going to be a crazy podcast. I'm just being real with you. So you walk off 18 yesterday. Yep. And your your T three is Rom Rom hasn't finished yet, right? He was a couple of groups behind me because we got in, we got done with our round, um, and I was in eating lunch, and you could see the 18th hole from where we were eating, and watched him finish. Uh, you couldn't leave yet, just in case something happened. Yeah, I mean, I could have left. It was it was a weird day, you know. I was I started at 1400. I think Colin might have been 24 to start the day, if I have that yeah, right. He was. Um, so I never really felt like I was in the golf tournament, so to speak, um, and went out and had a good front nine and made a few bogeys and the whole time, I'm just thinking, make as many birdies as you can to try to move up the leaderboard a little bit. And even playing 18, I mean, I completely screwed up the tee shot on the biggest fairway in the history of golf and missed the fairway there. So I had to lay up and the layup was going to run to the rough anyways. And, but the whole time I was playing the hole, I'm thinking, you know, if I make a birdie, I might finish seventh or eighth and hang on to the top just because of where guys were and how many birdies you can make on that golf course. Um, and I somehow made a birdie. I still don't know how, but, but to think I could have finished third, uh, was never really a thought that crossed my mind, but, uh, certainly a nice gift that I got. Yeah. So you get out. So you walk off the golf tournament, you go out to lunch, do whatever you're going to do. And yep. then when do you head to the airport? Cause ladies and gentlemen, right now, Tom Hoagie's not in, in uh, Hawaii, in Maui, looking at beautiful oceans and palm trees. He's in Los Angeles, California. Cause we got a big football game tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were scheduled for an 11.50 flight, red-eye. They were supposed to get 7 a.m. into uh, L.A. So we got done with the round and just hung out. I did a little bit of laundry uh, to get ready for Sony next week. Um, and just we watched the uh, Packers-Lions game, uh, some more football. But um, somewhere in that process, we got a notification our flight was delayed. Uh, luckily, we were able to jump to an earlier flight that left at 10 o'clock last night uh, from L.A., red-eye in, and we landed about 4.45. Um so I tried to sleep on the plane as best I could, but the lady next to me thought she needed to do some uh, shopping from a Costco magazine for a few hours with lights on uh, in the middle of the night. So I'm not really sure what that was all about, but uh, we're here. We got to the hotel, got a few hours of sleep, and now it's time to uh, rally and get this W. I mean, it's crazy, man. This is insane. So, right, so l- 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 right, we're going to jump. Here we go. We're going to jump back to yesterday now. So, yeah, Morikawa's got a six-shot lead to start the day. I think after the first hole, he had a nine-shot lead on John Rom. You're not even thinking John Rom's in the tournament at this point. 
Yep. And I believe even after three holes, he had a seven shot lead. I mean, things were going along smooth and, and I was going back and forth between the, the, the golf and the, all the, the games that the play in games yesterday with all these people trying to get into the NFL playoffs, I'm checking back and forth. And then sure enough, I look over and it's tied. John Rahm has tied the golf tournament. And so I look back and Morikawa didn't play bad. He did make his first two bogeys in a row on the back nine yep. where Rom I think made five birdies in an Eagle or four birdies in an Eagle in a row. I mean, he really kind of took advantage yep. at any point. Did you think anybody else had a chance on Sunday morning? Didn't you think it was kind of just a, like just a ceremonial walk for, for Colin Morikawa? Yeah, for sure. And I looked at a few leaderboards. Uh, I forgot where Colin was maybe through nine holes. I think he still had a pretty sizable lead at that point too. Um, and I just briefly looked at a scorecard after we got done and saw that he bogeyed, you know, 14, 15, 16. That's really the stretch in the back nine that you're going to make birdies and kind of make a move. So, um, yeah, I mean, but it's golf. I mean, we see that happen all the time. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So you kind of just keep your head down and keep playing for 72 holes and see where it's going to end up. It is. You had a great day. Finished. Uh, I think you uh, had shot nine under and that's what, that's what with, with, with two bogeys, you bogeyed 10 and 11. Yep. Um, the shot on 13, it's been all over. It's been all over social media. It's been on the PGA's uh, Instagram. Could you even see the golf ball? Yeah. So the lie that I had wasn't horrible. Um, the grass wasn't as thick right there. It wasn't sitting down that far. Like it was, it was thick, rough, basically I would equate it to the problem that I had was where I, my stance was the ball was above my feet a little bit and I was hitting a nine iron out of there. And my concern was, you know, that long grass would grab the, grab the hosel, twist the club face shut and it would go straight left. And, um, Luckily, it came out of there pretty good, but uh, I was certain I would have taken anywhere up around the green. You know, what I was afraid of, we were into a pretty good wind at that point. And if that ball floats up in the air and comes a little bit short, it's going to roll 60, 70 yards back down that hill. Then I'm coming up, you know, out of the rough to, a, you know, pretty much making bogey. So that was definitely a big swing right there. And then I got some momentum going and hit a lot of good shots coming in. Yeah. Do, do you like the golf course? I think, you know, it's, it's really kind of feast or famine is the golf. It comes across on television as if it's wide open and easy. Is that the case? Well, it is, but I would say that, uh, you know, when you get some of those Hawaii wins, I could see where you're standing a few of those tees thinking there's nowhere to hit it because uh, some of those landing areas get pretty small in a 40 mile hour wind that you could get there, which is not uncommon. So, you know, you can see why they had to design the golf course the way they did um, for us. You know, the first day that we played, there was almost no wind. I mean, which was almost kind of freaky. How, how right. calm. We had a little bit the last few days, but um, you know, they just, they've got to make a playable golf course uh, in all conditions. So that's what, that's what they got. All right, so let's hop back on the pogo stick. We're going to jump over to tonight. So now, big, huge, massive game tonight as far as TCU goes. Georgia won last year. They're back. Everybody has expected them to be there. But it's great to see somebody like TCU, one of these outliers that aren't in, in, in you know the big old Power 5 conferences and everything, get inside of this. And so to me, I ask you, number one, what has to happen tonight for TCU to pull this off? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, uh, 13 point underdogs, I think, um, certainly is stacked up against us. And I don't know what, what's Georgia won 27 games in a row or something like that. Yeah. It's insane. I think they've won 14 this year, which is the most they've ever won in a season. Yeah. So certainly long odds, but you know, TCU, um, we've been used to the hearing that, you know, every, every year that we play every big game we go against is how, you know, we've got no chance. And it was the same thing last week against Michigan. The Fiesta bowl was, uh, 
you know, a few of their players were talking how, you know, they line up against that three, three, five defense and run it right down our throat and show us what the big Ten's all about. And, uh, you know, I, I go back my senior year, 20, 2011. So it would have been 2010 football team was Andy Dalton. Uh, you know, a few of those guys and we played Wisconsin. It was the same, same narrative there was that Wisconsin would line it up and run it right down our throat and, we stopped them there as well in one. So I just think, you know, TCU, these players, they, you know, they, they all sort of have a chip on their shoulder. They love this underdog role. Um, and if you look at the whole season, you know, we've been underdogs a lot and the team's just found ways to win. So yeah, I wouldn't say one thing has to happen, but these guys are tough, man. You know, they're led by their quarterback, Max Duggan, who the guy's a warrior. And I'm just hoping we get to the fourth quarter with a chance to win, you know, whether we're, you know, down, down 10 points or so. I think we got a shot because he'll will his team to win. Yeah. I mean, not to go back to, to, to the game, you're, you're undefeated. You get into the championship game and how do you at the goal line, not let him at least have a chance to score against K state. I mean that, that alone. And, and obviously that loss, you had to think maybe there was a chance you weren't going to get into the football playoff, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially you look at our history, you know, 2010, we go undefeated, played the Fiesta Bowl against Boise State. 2000, I'm sorry, 2009, 2010, we go to the Rose Bowl and win. That 2010 team was really good and probably deserved a shot at the national title. Um, fast forward to 2014, we're ranked third going into the last week of the season. Uh, play Iowa State and win 55 to three and drop to sixth. So another team that probably deserved a chance to win, they went and played Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl and beat them pretty good. So as a TCU fan, you just felt like this committee is looking for any reason possible to keep the Frogs out. And, uh, you know, we certainly didn't like having that loss because who knows what would happen. But with that said, you know, Coach Dykes is – I'll give him credit. I mean, he said he certainly wishes he would have had some different play calls right there on the goal line. Um, And there were a few times in the Michigan game where they ran a quarterback sneak and they motioned a tight end right behind the quarterback and pushed him forward, which was a play they hadn't run all year. So they certainly learned from that – from that situation and hopefully it'll help the team going forward here, you know, from the Fiesta Bowl and and tonight. Now, speaking of the Fiesta Bowl, did you you go to that game too? I did. It worked out really well. You know, my mom lives in Phoenix. I've always gone out to Phoenix uh, before I've gone to Sony Open to practice for a week or two. Um, And I was planning that all along here before Century. So it worked out really well that TCU played in Phoenix. I was there for the whole week and I got to go to the game and it was awesome. That was a great game. Fiesta Bowl was huge. I mean, back and forth, just massive chunk plays after chunk plays. Both the playoff games were unbelievable. And and I've been one who said, you know, they've got to make this playoff – I don't think 12 is enough still. I'd go to 16 or 24 and get as many teams possible and go play this thing on the field like every other sport does. Um, So, you know, I hope that those games will kind of spur that. And I know that we're going to 12 and hopefully can get some more quality games like that. But to be there, it was, man, that was a wild ride of emotions for that game because it looked like there were three or four chances, you know, even at the end of the second quarter where if you get a stop, the game's pretty much out of reach at that point. I think it was 21 to three or 24 to three. And uh, every time you thought that, you know, we're one stop away from winning this thing, Michigan would score right back and get all the momentum. And you're like, all right, we better make a play or this thing's going to go the other way here fast. Right. It did. It was crazy. It was, I've never been, that game was so just a, a, emotions. Mo- momentum was just going back. Momentum was a pendulum. Every single time it swung away, it sort of swung back the other way. It was insane. So, so you win that game. And then when do you decide to like, hey, like, all right, so I got to go to Maui. 
I got to play the, the, the century, but you know what? I can get back and then go back again. When do you make that call? It's funny. So some friends have been asking me, you know, kind of the end of the year, you know, if we get there, will I go? And I'd kind of blown them off the whole time and said, no way, because I got to play Sony. I love that tournament. Um, so I won't be going, but we finished that game. It took me about an hour to get out of the parking lots and all that and get back to my mom's house. Right. I bet I had those flights and hotel rooms booked within 15 minutes when we got back there because I was fired up. I was I was all in. And uh, I kind of went back and forth, you know, through the next morning whether I should do it or not. But, um, you know, I saw TCU's last national championship was 1938. So uh, not going to miss this one. PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. No, you'd be kicking yourself in the ass if they win tonight and you're not there. You were sitting, in, or, or you were sitting in Honolulu watching it. Yeah, and you know, this is kind of my one opportunity where I felt like, you know, I'd won last year for the first time. Um, I've got a couple of year exemption on tour, so I don't have to worry about keeping my card or anything this year. Um, so this is kind of the one time that, uh, you know, we work so hard to get these opportunities to go some fun stuff like this. So let's go do it. Plus, let's be honest. We played our first elevated event yesterday. There's a little extra cash in that T3. So you know what? I think you, you can cover the cost of this with that winning yesterday, finishing top three. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you what's funny, though, is talking to friends is it was cheaper for me to fly from Maui to, to the game here than, you know, all the Dallas to L.A. flights got bought up so fast. And the prices were insane. So I got off pretty easy on this one. Really? So, so from Maui back to L.A. was cheaper? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm going round trip here for four hundred dollars or something like that. I mean, it was crazy how cheap it was. And, uh, you know, you talk to talk to friends going from Fort Worth and it's. 1500 or two, two grand for a, for a round trip commercial flight. Wow. That's insane. All right. So you are going to the game tonight. You said you got a couple hours sleep. You're going to hit the game tonight. When is your flight back to Honolulu? Yeah, I've got an American flight back tomorrow that uh, I should be on the ground, hopefully by one o'clock in Honolulu and hopefully get up to the golf course and a little bit of practice, but uh, we'll see how the recovery goes after this game. Dude, that's insane. You talked, you played a four, play a four day event in Maui, finished on Sunday, Monday night in Los Angeles at the national championship game. And then Tuesday, you'll be back in Honolulu playing a nine hole practice round to get ready for the Sony. Yeah, perfect. Just the day off that I needed. You know, the legs were a little sore after walking that hike at uh, Kapalua. So perfect time to take a little break and catch a game. I mean, really, I mean, dude, this is insane. It's it's a chance of a lifetime. And 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 no matter what happens tonight, it's still this is a weekend that you're gonna remember forever. You no, know? and 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 then you've still got you still got memories to make with however you finish at the Sony. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's a golf course that I enjoy playing. I had some success there. I think it was 2018 where I had the 54 hole lead and was leading the whole way before I made a double bogey in the 70th hole of the tournament. So I've been in contention there. I feel like I know the golf course well and you know, I feel like I'm playing well now, so I'm excited to get back out there. Now, how different will it be with a full field event this week versus last week where it was not a full field? Yeah, a little bit, but, you know, I don't really think a whole lot about that sort of stuff. I mean, last week's nice because, you know, you're you're obviously no cut, so you, you don't have to really stress about that cut early on in the week. You just kind of get going and away you go. But, um, 
you know, more so the practice stuff's a little bit easier with the smaller field to get out and play practice rounds in a little bit better pace. So certainly that part of it was nice last week. But Tom, let me ask you, once you have your exemption, like you said, you've got your exemption, you've won on tour. Does that cut line this week be in the cut line? Does that still weigh on you on Thursday and Friday? Uh, maybe a little bit on Friday, but I feel like if I'm playing well, you're not really too focused on the cut that much because you know that you're going to be more so focusing on getting in contention than anything else. Um, I will say I felt like, you know, looking back on yesterday, there were a few times in the last year I felt like I wasn't as worried about money, FedEx cut points, that sort of stuff coming down the stretch. But for sure yesterday I felt like I was just trying to make as many birdies as I could um, and, and really didn't have any care in the world for the money that was at stake, uh, the points that were at stake. It was just all about trying to make birdies coming in. And that was, you know, probably one of the first times in my career where it's been like that, where you really are freed up coming down the stretch. Um, and it certainly makes a big difference. Now, playing your first elevated event, yesterday was the finish of the very first elevated event. There was more money involved. Did it feel any different? Was there any difference whatsoever as far as you're playing, knowing, hey, there's more money at stake here? No. I mean, it's something they have to figure out, I think. And I was talking with Adam Scott about it a little bit, that um, just by calling them elevated events and raising the purses doesn't really do much as far as changing the stature of the tournament and whatnot. I mean, you get it a little bit with better, all the good players, you know, showing up to play, but something needs to be done to make these tournaments stand out from the rest of them. Right. So, I mean, as a player, you're playing it and I couldn't even tell you what the elevated events are, to be honest with you. I haven't looked at the schedule to even know what the elevated events are because I feel like I'm going to go play the golf courses that I feel suit me well, that fit my schedule well, so I get rest when I need to. And if I go out and play well when I tee it up, you know, whether it's a $8 million purse or 20, I mean, it's kind of irrelevant to me because playing well and being contention is going to pay a lot better than being 50th place. So that's more my focus. So I haven't even looked too much what the elevated events are, to be honest with you. Is that generally the focus on tour, the guys that the elevated events are more? Because let's be honest, we know that the, the elevated events were a creation and are here because of what happened from, yeah. from the live tour. We understand that. And is that the thought on tour? Most guys are, Hey, I'm still going to play the events I want to play. Or are there some people that are, Hey, I'm going to play all the elevated events because don't you have to play so many anyway? Well, the guys that are in the pip, um, they have to play all the elevated events. I think they can skip one. So they're certainly in a little bit different position than I am. Um, I would say my approach is a little bit more unique, I would say. And I think that came about a little bit from some of the live discussions that I had last year and, and weighing whether I should go or not. And it was a little bit distracting. And at that point, you know, I kind of realized that I can't worry about all this other stuff that's going on off the golf course that I just got to go take care of business when I do tee it up. And whether it's in a live event or a PGA tour event or core Fury or what, wherever it might be that I'm teeing it up, I've got to go out and play well. And that's been my approach now. So, um, you know, I think it certainly helped to kind of keep those distractions away as far as I can. Did you give Liv some serious thought? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you had to, you know, when they throw some money at you, you'd be crazy to not take a look at it and see what the, what the options are, what all that entails. Um, it was, it was a very tough time for me to see leaving the PGA tour, just because there were so many events, you know, like 
like last week at Century, like the Tour Championship that I've always wanted to play in for the first time. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my decision. I wasn't ready to give those up, and I don't even know what the number would have taken for me to give those up because, um, you know, they're tournaments that I've always wanted to play in my whole life, and I had qualified for the first time, so I was ready to go play in those. Right. As far as, far as making that decision, are you, are you one of those? We, we've talked to some guys where they're like, hey, I've made my decision. I'm done. There's nothing that's going to change it. I'm PGA Tour forever. Or are you somebody that's like, hey, down the road, you know, things could still change? Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't say that I've closed it off for sure. I mean, you never know what's going to happen here, how many guys are going to move over there, uh, what the what the landscape of golf is going to look like. So I, I haven't closed any doors for sure. But um, Does the world golf ranking points change anything for you? Um, not a lot. I mean, that's kind of my avenue in for – for the majors. So, you know, as long as I want to be playing majors, I certainly feel like I need to be on the PGA tour. Um, but I mean, look, I'm 33 years old. I mean, there's going to come a point in time where you're going to say, all right, you're kind of, you know, fading towards the end of your career and let's go make as much money as we can. Um, that would certainly be more on the live side of things, but, um, you know, I feel like I'm kind of just starting to hit my prime right now and hopefully I can play well here for a number of years still. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this morning, Harry Higgs uh, did an interview. <laughs> and Harry said that Liv, quote, took all the assholes and villains away from the PGA Tour, and that's why there's an issue. And I'm like, well, that's not really a compliment for the guys that left. I understand the villain uh, word. Some guys like to play the villain, but I'm not sure anybody sets out to, yeah, I want to be the a-hole on tour. I don't know if I'll go as far as Harry on that one. I understand what he was saying that, um, you know, certainly – you know, you need to build some stories out here for sure. With these, yeah. um, you need both sides of it, right? You need you need the Roy McIlroy's and Jordan Spieth. So you need you know, kind of their counterpoint. But um, I mean, look, you know that you know what's happened in the game of golf has been great for the players. So you can't fault anybody for going. No. Uh, and no, not at all. No, certainly uh, helped out with the purses. Being a PGA Tour guy, do you feel? On tour, I know in the media it's portrayed one way, but actually being out there and being inside the ropes, do you feel like it's us versus them, PGA Tour versus Live, or is that all just something that's been blown up in the media and it's not that way? Well, I would say that, um, you know, the, the concern is real among the players that, the, you know, the momentum that Live has got, you know, the, the number of guys that have left the tour. You know, you're you're worried about who are going to be the next three or four guys that go and what that's going to look like for the PGA Tour. So there is some concern there. But as far as being against those guys or anything, I would say no from a player perspective. Just because, I mean, shoot, I would I kind of went through that drill and saw how compelling that case could be. And I certainly didn't get the offers that a number of these other guys have got. So you can't fault these guys for for taking their their money and going to that and can't hold it against them right yeah it's just it, it really has it i think it's been good for players though i think for for guys yeah. who play golf professionally i think as and financially it has been good and and that's whether you know and listen it's i've been very very open about my i i just don't like where the money's coming from if the money was coming from somewhere else i wouldn't care um i think competition is good for anybody and i think that the fact that the players have benefited is great um, and I don't think anybody can deny that the players have benefited from live coming on board and then the PGA tours response. Yeah, for sure. Well said. Um, and, and 
you know what? I think it's going to be interesting when you go tee up at majors, and I think it's going to make the majors that much better this year when you have Live versus PGA Tour coming into it a little bit and seeing how the guys will will perform against each other. I think that'll be just another storyline that'll help the game of golf. Yeah, do, do you buy into the, the the thought process that the guys who have gone don't have the incentive to, quote, dig it out of the dirt and practice as hard because the money's already there, and therefore in the majors they probably would not perform that well? No, because you're, you're still competitors at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I won the QBE shootout with Sahith Thigala as a partner. And I said it then that, um, you know, that was kind of a fun exhibition event, so to speak. Um, and when it when it came down down the stretch there with the chance to win, I mean, whether you're playing a PGA Tour event, whether you're playing a team event like that, whether you're playing your buddies back home uh, just for for a little Nassau, just getting that opportunity to win, I mean, it's it's so motivating, it's so much fun that you want to be there that I think these guys are still. I mean, I don't think much is going to change for them as far as their work ethic to get back out there. Because, look, I mean, they're still playing for four million dollars every week. There's a lot of money on the line there, and. Uh, They'll certainly be very motivated when they get to the majors to kind of show that their game's sharp still. Right. I think that. I think there's some extra added motivation yeah. now that when they do show up to the majors, they want to show, hey, you guys thought we didn't give a shit? Well, let me show you. We do care, and we do want to perform, and we want to beat these guys, and we want to be so they can't keep you know us, us out of the majors. I, I think there's a little extra added motivation more than there is less motivation. Well, there's that. And then, I mean, you also have to look that, you know, the guys that are about my age, I mean, if you're in your thirties, you've been, you've been kind of doing this for 20 years where golf's your whole life and getting ready for tournaments is, you know, kind of get what gets you going every day. And I just don't see the big lifestyle change away from that. I still think these guys are going out and grinding every day and getting their games ready to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been definitely been good for golf. And speaking, speaking of Harry's story and seeing stories, I saw that uh, Freddie, we uh, saw, I think it was on golf digest had a, a story that Freddie had it saw that he and tiger had had a disagreement at one point. It's funny now that it's <laughs> like, everybody's got a tiger story all of a sudden, like, you know what I mean? It's like, they're like coming out of the woodwork where it's like tiger did this yeah. and tiger did that. So does Tom Hoagie have any good tiger stories that we don't know about up to this point? Man, I'm trying to remember, you know, I, I played with him three times on tour. Um, it's been a while now, obviously. Was it what you expected? Yeah, I mean, it was a blast, you know, just having the crowds there, having that energy. Um, and as Tiger, I mean, I'm still a fan. I grew up watching Tiger. And, and right. I mean, to get the up-close seat, to get to watch that is incredible. So it, I loved every minute of those days. Um, but I think I've told a few stories, but nothing really stands out to me right now. I mean, I guess I'm getting old. My memory's getting bad because I can't remember a whole lot of those days. You ever catch yourself, like, watching him, like, holy shit, that's Tiger Woods? Yeah, absolutely. And some of the shots that he hits, I mean... It was funny. I do remember, you know, after we played uh, Torrey Pines, I think that was that was the day that Kobe died, actually. That would have been 2020, right before COVID hit. Um, I forgot who texted me. They are like, so is Tiger's iron game as good, you know, in person as it looks on TV? And I was like, man, it is so much better. I mean, it's just hard to put into words how, how impressive it is to watch him flight golf shots. I mean, with the iron game. He really is. He's the greatest that ever. He's the, he, I mean, to me, I know it's arguable as far as the number of majors go, but to me, there's nobody ever picked up a golf club that was that could do the things he did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really unreal. So before I let you go, I got to ask you, give us a prediction. Tonight, clock hits zero. What's the final? Mm, it's a tough one. 
I think it'll be similar to the Michigan game that if we're going to hang in there and, and give Georgia a scare, that this is going to be a high-scoring game once again. Um, let's see. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. TCU 44, Georgia 42. We got a late drive from Max Duggan uh, to steal one late as the clock's winding down. Dude, your your heart can't take this stuff, man. <laughs> are you one of those guys that just during the game? I mean, are you are you a pacer? Are you are you somebody that you just can't take it, or are you are you pretty calm? Um, I'm not a pacer or anything like that. I would say I'm pretty calm, but uh, I'm into the game. I probably won't have much of a voice come tomorrow, so. Uh, yeah. It's a good thing we're doing this interview here today. <laughs> Tom, man, I appreciate it. Before we let you go real quick, we've done this with you before. We'll do the emergency nine. I'll ask you real quick some quick nine questions. Have yep. Most of them, a lot have nothing to do with golf, just random questions. Number one, what is the worst shot you've ever hit but yet had the best outcome? Hmm. You ever just topped one and you're just like, you know you hit it like shit, but yet it ends up near the flag. You're like, all right, never mind. We'll just walk up there and hit that one. No, I don't really have a specific shot, but I would say there's a lot of shots that I feel like I hit really badly, and I'm pretty pissed off afterwards, and they they end up decent. I'm not quite Hideki level where he's one-handed them to like four feet all day long, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of misses that end up okay, and I'm pretty pissed off after them. What's your, uh, other than TCU, this is a pretty obvious one, other than TCU, what's your favorite sports team or athlete? TCU? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much all TCU these days. Um, you know, we live in Fort Worth. So we go to a lot of the games. Um, I would say growing up, I enjoyed watching Peyton Manning a lot. I mean, he was always the guy that I loved to watch. Just the way that he dictated things before the snap and always knew what was going on. He was fun to watch. Poetic almost. Uh, what's your go-to food on the road? Mm. I'm a big Chick-fil-A guy. I love me some Chick-fil-A every now and then. So we've, been, we've been in Hawaii for a week. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that when we get it next. Uh, uh, most famous number in your cell phone? Mm, I don't know. I'd probably say uh, Gary Patterson, our old football coach at TCU. Listen, man, I know, I know Gary's gone from TCU, but he's definitely got his fingerprints on this game tonight. These are his kids. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a bittersweet day as a TCU fan. You know, Gary did so much for TCU, built so much of this program that you wish he could have been there on a day like today. But, um, you know, I guess that needed change was uh, was there, and, and the kids have responded to Sonny Dykes as our new coach. But yeah. certainly grateful for what Coach Patterson has done, um, and hopefully we can all celebrate together after this win. Any, uh, in, any player on the PGA Tour you're nervous to be paired with? I mean, it would have been Tiger probably the first few times, but, uh, you know, I feel like I ninth year on tour now. I've been out here, kind of seen it all. So right. not if you, uh, if, if Tom Hoagie had a side hustle, what would you be doing? Hmm. I'm not sure. It would probably be something with numbers. Um, you know, I was a finance and accounting major, so maybe I'd be kicking out some tax returns or something like that come uh, tax season. I'd be asking you if I could write stuff off. <laughs> hey, can I write off my trip to go see the national championship game? I mean, technically, golf magazines and podcasts all talked about it. That's work. Yeah, I mean, I can go out and hit a few balls here in L.A. I mean, it's raining a little bit right now, but I might be able to hit a few. I'm, I'm staying right next to LAX. Maybe I can send a few down the runway here. There you go. They say the stadium there is ridiculous. Have you been to that stadium? 
I have not. I'm excited to get there. I've heard I've heard traffic around it. It's an absolute nightmare. So uh, going to head out there here shortly. Yeah, no, because they've had a lot of big events. You know, they just obviously had the Super Bowl there last year, and now they've got this. So it really, I've heard it's an absolutely gorgeous uh, facility. Uh, number seven, the craziest golf tip you've ever received, and where'd you get it from? And I'll tell you why we asked that. Because Kramer Hickok said that he was watching something on on uh, Instagram one time and he almost won the next week. So, I mean, uh, uh, crazier golf tips come from crazier places, I guess. I'm not really a golf tip guy, to be honest with you. I don't really, really? read much or anything. Um, I don't know. My, my, so I grew up, my, my swing coach growing up, John Dahl was big in the fundamentals. So all my stuff is pre-shot grip alignment setup, all the boring stuff in golf that you never want to work on. But uh, those are my, yeah, so I don't really have much. Um, gosh, I, I don't know. Number eight, what what tournament do you put the most pressure on yourself to win? Uh, Colonial, for sure. I mean, the hometown event there right by TCU in Fort Worth. You know, I started off my career. I played well there the first few years I played, and I missed the cut for the last two or three years. So certainly got to find a little different recipe this year, but um, that's the one you desperately want to play well in just because there's so many TCU friends out there. Right, obviously. And uh, number nine, music on the golf course or no-go? Um, I, I don't play mer- music personally, but uh, certainly have nothing against it if friends or playing partners are playing it. Yeah, yeah, because you, you, you get some guys like, nah, we don't need music on the golf course, and then you got others that just like blasting it. There's got to be a happy medium somewhere. Yeah, that's great. Well, Tom, man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time, dude. I'm telling you, I am jacked for you guys tonight. Good luck. Uh, hope you enjoy yourself and uh, safe travels back to Sony to uh, Honolulu. Now, where can we see you play after? Uh, so you're here tonight in LA. I'm going to play a lot here coming up. I mean, I'm going to play the whole West Coast other than Torrey Pines. So uh, I'll be playing a lot and, um, you know, hopefully playing well. Nice. And then we'll obviously see you here when it gets to uh, Ponte Vedra here for the players. Absolutely. I love it there. We'll definitely see you here. Good luck, Tom, man. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. And good luck. Go Frogs. And hope you guys can uh, shock the world tonight. Love it. It's going to be a fun night. Go Frogs.